The Gucci Girl. Prada Professional, Coach Queen, or Target Trendsetter. No matter how you describe her, she's the most powerful consumer in the country. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Join marketing to women expert Maria Ritan, president at Lola Red, as she chats with those in the know so that your business can grow. Now, please welcome our host of Purse Strings, Maria Ritan. Good afternoon and welcome to Purse Strings. I'm Maria Retan. Thanks so much for joining me today. You can catch Purse Strings every Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Each and every week you'll learn how you and your company can corner the market on the most powerful consumer in the country. The 51% of us who control more than 80% of all the spending. The woman. Well, first up, The Gap. Do you shop at The Gap? I know I do. Well, apparently The Gap has been experiencing some falling sales. And according to Sarah Mahoney at Marketing Daily, Gap has launched the Dress Normal. Uh, It's a Dress Normal campaign. It's a fall campaign aimed at Gen Y. And it's all about being your unique, authentic self, which is kind of, those are kind of the flash words, I think, these days. It's a $25 million ad campaign. The idea is to broaden Gap internationally. So themed Dress Normal, um, it will feature and. Angelica Houston, Elizabeth Moss, and Jenna Malone, to name a few celebrities. And really, it's about um, encouraging yourself to dress like no one's watching, quote unquote, and also let your actions speak louder than your clothes. So um, they're also going to be introducing something called Dress Normal Project. It's an experimental element that will bring, quote unquote, normal to life. It'll be interesting to see what normal actually looks like. So at the end of the day, they're hoping to drive sales by really sparking this campaign across TV, print, outdoor, mobile, direct, social, in-store, and digital. So it's a fully comprehensive campaign, quite a bit of dollars behind it. And it'll run in the U.S., Canada, U.K., France, Italy, and Japan. So keep an eye out for that and see if that sparks your interest to get back into the gap. Well, our first profile today is the Nicole Miller Networker. This is a woman in her late 40s to 50s, self-employed, running a small to mid-sized business, of course, working full-time while also having children. Those children are a little bit older in high school and college, nearly 2 million of these women um, around. They are very influenced by fashion. They like to stand out in a crowd. Of course, they are very ambitious and motivated. They consider themselves workaholics and wanting to get to the very top of their career. It's important to them that they juggle their various tasks. And if they don't succeed, keep trying is kind of their motto. They do try to take advantage of life when they can. They really understand that their time is more important than money, and they value quality items, and they're open to pursuing new challenges, novelty, and change. At retail, they're buying at um, Herberger, Nine West, Williams-Sonoma, Pier 1, and Taylor, all big with them, as well as Nordstrom's. They're driving Cadillac, Toyota, and Volvo. Um, And designers, Ralph Lauren, Calvin Klein, uh, and Chanel are tops. Uh, When it comes to media choices, well, you're going to intersect with her at Money Magazine and Style, First for Women, Better Homes and Gardens, and Architectural Digest, very eclectic publications that she's reading there. And uh, on cable, Food Network, HBO, HGTV, and TLC are all um, big as well. She's online booking travel. And looking for deals. So whether it's um, Travelocity or eBay 
or Barnes and Noble. She's um, she's online a lot, and you can intersect with her there. Well, my guest today knows a lot, probably about this particular purse strings profile. Jennifer Granger is a life coach and author based in Australia. She had an extremely successful corporate career for a number of decades before uh, finding herself uh, facing quite the aha moment and that course corrected her into life as a life coach where she spent the last 15 years. Her work as a life coach has really informed a, a rather dramatic new book called Feminine Lost, Why Most Women Are Male. Granger argues that modern women have forgotten how to be feminine. It's having quite devastating effects on both our professional and personal lives. I am thrilled that Jennifer made the time to get up so early in the morning and join me from Australia. Uh, and I'm excited to, to chat with her when Purse Strings returns in just a moment. Purse Strings will be right back after a word from our advertisers. InternetMarketingNinjas.com is the online dojo of the highly trained and skilled Internet Marketing Ninjas. Disavow documents, reconsideration requests, panda and penguin penalties. Let our superior SEO ninjas confront all of your link-related issues. The Internet Marketing Ninjas are equipped to master any marketing exercise, content creation, authorship, link building, PPC, and more. Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the Internet Marketing Ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at internetmarketingninjas.com. Before you painstakingly create another label or drag yourself to the post office, set a course to ShipStation, your key to e-commerce shipping nirvana. Save time by easily importing orders from wherever you sell, like Amazon, eBay, and over 40 others. Save money with discounted USPS rates and a free USPS account. Automate manual tasks through bulk label and invoice printing, custom shipping rules, and much more. WebmasterRadio.fm listeners get an additional 30 days free after the free 30-day trial. Go to ShipStation.com slash WebmasterRadio now. Shipping Nirvana starts here. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Purse Strings is back with the inside track on today's women. Once again, here's Maria Retan. Welcome back to Purse Strings. My guest today is Jennifer Granger. She's a life coach and author. And in fact, her new book, Feminine Lost, Why Most Women Are Male, is so fascinating. I'm excited to have her on today. She spent the last 15 years as a life coach. And it's really during that process that from the women that were seeking her advice that this book was launched. So I'm very excited to have Jennifer on the program today. Um, Jennifer, welcome to the show. Hello, Maria. Thank you for having me. 
So I know it is very, very, very early there in Australia. And you're coming, yes, indeed, coming to us all the way from Australia. Thank you so much for being up so early today. You're so very welcome. Uh, It's a good start to the day to speak to you. Oh, well, thank you so much. And it it is uh, exciting to have you on. When I became aware of this book, I was immediately fascinated. But before we dive into that, first, talk a little bit about your work as a life coach. I know you spent the last 15 years as a life coach. Um, And then do you have a particular area of focus as a life coach? Yes, I do. Maria, it's a very, it's, that, that actually is um, a very good start to the process because I, when I left um, my corporate life, I thought that I'd be a life coach. And so I started out, and in those days there were very few life coaches around. But as I started working with my clients, I realized that life coaching for, it wasn't really going to work for me as a process because it was very static and very what I didn't know what I was feeling or talking about at the time, but it was very external. So the client was uh, really expected to um, you know, find out what their goals were and then move towards it. And what I found with that process was that even though the client had very sound goals, it sometimes became very difficult for them to reach it. And I started working with them in with my intuitive abilities, I, I don't think you're aware, but I'm also a trained shaman. And what I saw was that the reason they weren't reaching their goals was because their internal process was prohibiting them from getting there. So when I, what I mean by that is they might have had something as simple as a limiting belief that said, hmm, you don't deserve to have that. Why should you have that big promotion? You know, why should you have that new house? Why should you have this? Why should you have a good life? Mm. So I started switching my focus. I started switching my focus while working with their desired outcomes. I started switching to having a look at their belief systems and what I came to call their patterning. It was what their internal patterns were doing and saying to them that prohibited them from the success that they so ardently desired. Mm. And people are, you know, when people co- go to coaching, they, they're usually pretty committed. You know, they, they want to get it done. Mm-hmm. And then they had these things getting in the way. And that was actually the start of the work that um, became the book. Mm-hmm. So it really was an ins- it's really an inside out approach that you look at is really 100%. Yeah. Fascinating. Yes. And I have to ask you because you you hinted to this already. You did have a career for 20 years. Um yeah, more than with, 20 years. More than 20 years. You you were in within companies, corporate, you know, you were you call yourself a, a corporate insider. I'm wondering if if you had a transfer a transformational opportunity that kind of got you into a, a different career. I mean, what prompted your switch out of kind of this corporate climate to look at even considering being a life coach? Um, that's just a fascinating reversal. Well, it, it just is, Maria. You know, if I, if I could just give you a little bit of insight into my life and then I, you'll see how it all falls into place. If, if, do we have the moment to do that? Of course, absolutely. Okay. Well, I, 
as as a young woman, I I was really on a trajectory to you know have a big corporate career because I was pretty ambitious, but I didn't realize that I was. And um, I had I'd always been in marketing, and I developed it in multinational companies, and I started out my career in in big international airlines. And it was very interesting. By my late twenties, um, I got married, and then I was going to have a child. And I was told that I had to resign my job. Mm. <laughs> wow! <laughs> so uh, now, just to put it into context, I was living in South Africa at the time, and so that was pretty normal. You know, I think, well, you know, I, I knew that that was coming, and I would just have to give up my career. I was blessed though, because I had my child, and a lot of I had three companies come to me and ask me to be an external consultant for them. Mm. So I developed my own business, and I did that for a few years until I migrated to Australia. So I now have a three-year-old child, and I migrate to Australia. And I come to a situation that is what I call just a little bit um, behind the rest of the world in terms of women working. I was. Uh, it became very clear to me very quickly, even though my old company was rehiring me, the management, uh, general management here were not pleased that I had a child. So women with children weren't expected to work. So I'm, you know, I'm sort of taking a lot of note of all of this because my mother was was a feminist before the feminists were around <laughs> and she really she really encouraged us to be that. So I have this, I have a different mindset that doesn't fit into all of this process around children. And um, so I learned very quickly in Australia not to say that I had a child and got my jobs and got on with it and just very quickly was back in the workforce and, you know, back at a good level of management and I I was on my way again and then my marriage fell apart very quickly. Um, It just didn't work. The whole migration process didn't work. And then I realized I was sort of... um, alluded to that there was a whole lot of other prejudices of being a sole parent, mm-hmm. a working sole parent, and there were all sorts of things around that. Mm-hmm. And I call that the beginning of my masculinization. <laughs> <laughs> it was like that was where I started to let go of the access. I like to get the right terminology to my feminine self. I became so busy, Maria. I was just working so hard. I then had this little boy at home that I had to, you know, keep going. We had to do homework. And and I know that we have lots of mothers who know what I'm talking about. You know, they're just Mm -hmm. dealing with so much stuff. And I just, I did that, you know, for a good, oh, good 15, maybe, you know, 18 years. And, you know, getting him through school and, and into, into what you would call college and all of that. But my corporate career came to an end one morning. I was two months out of a very big contract and I went down in the shower without wow. any symptoms. That was it. Boom. Flat out on the shower. Could not even lift my hand to turn the water off. Wow. That, that, that was such a shock. I thought, well, definitely I must be having a heart attack or dying or a stroke or something. But I wasn't, I wasn't having those kinds of um, outward um, 
sort of symptoms. There were no symptoms. I was just lying at the bottom of the shower. And eventually I was diagnosed with chronic fatigue. And that was the end of my corporate career. So wow. a long way around to get, get you to wow. where I was going. But I was riddled with questions. Why? Why? Mm -hmm. Why did this happen? And there's always a reason. And I think, mm -hmm. I think we should always ask why. Uh, why is your life doing what it's doing? Because maybe there's something you're not seeing. And I wasn't seeing that I had disowned a whole entire half of myself. Mm. Wow. And, and what, a, I mean, you certainly can counsel from a place of knowing you know, you clearly yes. have gone through this yourself. You had to experience it and take care of it from the inside out, right? There were things that you had ignored. You realized you were ignoring it. You had to knock down barriers probably to reclaim that. And and then that led you on your way to becoming this life coach. But as you said, not just a life coach, you know, really helping women knock down those barriers for themselves and understanding their motivations for doing what they're doing. Yes, so that's how the transformational coach tag came along because I thought really what has to happen is women have to have the ability to see what they're doing to transform that mm -hmm. into something else mm -hmm. because trying to deal with it with, you know, a set of goals for more ambition, for more external processing wasn't going to help them. Right. Well, and, you know, you have spent the last 15 years as a transformational coach. I would imagine you see many of the same struggles repeating themselves as different women come to you for assistance. Some of it may mirror some of what you were struggling with. Can you talk a little bit about some commonalities that um, – that you are seeing with women in the workplace? Well, what, what was surprising for me as the years went by, Maria, was that the, the same issues existed as when I was a young woman starting out with this process. And I thought I was there, you know, like probably, you know, almost at the beginning of the feminist movement. I mean, it might have been 10, 15 years in. But I, mm -hmm. I would have thought by the time we got to 50 years past that it would have been, you know, we would have been further down the track. Women would have been further down the track. So I kept notes. I kept notes and it was really the same sorts of issues were coming in. So, you know, in the book I divided the issues out into the archetypes for for the different women. So we had the good doer. I, I coined that phrase from a type of horse that particularly in England that every farmer wants. This horse really survives on very little and mm -hmm. to, uh, to thrive and just keeps working. Mm -hmm. And how many women do you know like that? I know, uh -huh. I know a lot. Yes. <laughs> I know lots of women like that. I might be one of those. So, okay. <laughs> you might be. <laughs> and, and I was definitely one of those women and they started turning up. And I started feeling, and I, and I had this pull in my heart to them thinking, we've got to do something about this. This is too much. You know, like what, what is it? And, I, and I'd always had um, very strong spiritual studies because 
I was identified as an intuitive as a very young child and I'd always done my quiet studies. I was a meditation teacher all along the way. Everything was there. And so I could go into, I had a process of being able to go into the ancient texts and having a look and I chose the Tao for the book, the yin and yang, because that is a, you know, the most um, most known, I think, of the ancient philosophies, for most commonly known. And I thought that people would be able to understand that, that we have two sides to our nature. We, it doesn't matter if you're a woman or a man, you have a masculine and you have a feminine part to your nature and you need both to be in balance and to live a healthy and balanced life. So what I, with that in mind, when these when the good doers started turning up, I started seeing they had absolutely no balance, no balance whatsoever. All they were doing was working and doing for others. Mm -hmm. So if you're doing for others, you're not connecting with you. And you need time to do that. You need to be able to sit and contemplate. You need to be able to have a half an hour and have a cup of tea or coffee and just be with yourself. And that was the other key word, was be. It was about the being. So the feminine is about your being side. And these women had lost the ability to be. And so they had a lot of other sisters coming in, but their processes were quite different. And they're, they're all in the book. And one that I have commonly came up against in the workplace was what I have now called the villainous Andra woman. So she's a highly masculinized woman. She is usually very, very ambitious, and she doesn't mind how she gets where she's going. And so I started observing that too, and they, they came out with a very different set of problems. You know, like they, those women, um, the good doers usually had children, <laughs> we're usually right. running homes, running businesses, running, running everybody's life, really. But mm -hmm. the Andro women, because they were so focused on the career, what I found is I, I noticed the age groups, it was between 38 and 42 that they started turning up and they realized that they didn't have children. Many of them didn't have partners and they were looking down the barrel of a very lonely old age. And then, of course, everybody, then they go on to IVF and, you know, that, that whole process starts. And I can't tell you how many women I had like that. I mean, they were my peers. These, these were the women I worked with. That's how they found me. And it, so it was, it, I started noticing that um, as women, we were overdeveloping our masculine side and I really think it was a reaction. And, you know, in, in recent days, I'm starting to think it's a reaction to a patriarchal system where men were in charge well, for maybe four to 6,000 years. And we just don't know another way how to be, how, how to be in the world and how to be in the workplace without mimicking men. That's exactly what I was going to ask you, Jennifer, is, you know, your book, and again, I want to remind everyone of the book because you're, you're going to want to read it. It's Feminine Lost, Why Most Women Are Male. And I was curious about that. You know, you've, you've kind of defined what feminine means. You've talked a little bit about how 
um, the manifestation of our loss of femininity is kind of played out, whether it's the good doer or the andro or the, the various archetypes that you define in the book. But at the end of the day, I was like, well, but why have we chosen this path? Women do have the ability to choose, I would like to think. Um, but we've still managed to act in this way and chosen to act in this way. And I was wondering why. Is it learned behavior? Do we feel like we're going to be more successful, get more done, uh, be more accomplished? I'm just, I'm just curious. And you, and you, it sounds like, feel that it's just the result of uh, what we see and what we've seen for years around us. And that's just the way you need to be to kind of get along in the world. Is, is, that, is that fair? You, you know, I think that in fairness to, to women, I don't think that we've been given proper information to make better choices. Mm. That's really what I, my feeling is. I feel that we had to find our place in the world because we didn't have a place before. So I want to be clear. I come from a place where I just believe that women are equal. I just, that was my mother. She just, Mm. it was just never anything else for her. We were equal. We were a family of girls. We were equal. The problem is the world didn't treat us equally. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's the difficulty that women have always faced. And it's still going on in the world. I mean, we need to look at the third world. Women are treated abominably. Mm -hmm. But if you don't know that you have, both in it, both essences within you, and that you can make a choice to be powerful and not be male, then what you're going to do is follow the only examples that you've ever had. And I think as a as a society, we glorify power and we glorify masculine power. Purse Strings returns in just a moment. Purse Strings will be right back after a word from our advertisers. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at box speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is authoritylabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. 
Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is authoritylabs.com. Her Strings is back with the inside track on today's women. Once again, here's Maria Retan. And we're back. I'm talking today with Jennifer Granger. She's a life coach and author coming to us all the way from Australia. She spent the last 15 years as a transformational life coach. And it's through her work as a life coach that she was seeing some startling archetypes of women that were coming to her seeking her advice. And that has really been the basis of her groundbreaking new book called Feminine Lost, Why Most Women Are Male. And um, it's just been fascinating, Jennifer, listening to you speak. I mean, you spent more than 20 years in the corporate world, kind of had your own, uh, you know, aha moment in a very dramatic way it came to you. And that really led you down the path of becoming uh, a life coach. And through that, you know, learning that um, women have kind of become more male and you say at the at the very core of that it's probably because we haven't known any better we didn't know we had any other choices and um, that kind of leads me to a question about um, you know you make a point in the book that we make poor choices sometimes we're making mistakes when it comes to choosing friends choosing a career choosing life partners what's leading us to to choosing poorly in general Well, I think, you know, to make good decisions, you need to have good information. And that, so if you're going to make personal decisions, you need to know who you are first. Who are you? And and I say that to people. So like I say to the good doers, because a lot of them have friendship issues because they always get used up. You know, people take advantage of them. So who are you and where, in in terms of, of the work, I will say, where is your polarity sitting? And by your polarity, I mean, what is the balance between your internal masculine and feminine? And believe me, you can feel it. This is not some kind of um, sort of uh, ethereal thing. If When you get into this process, you can feel it. You can feel it in your voice. You can feel it in the way you get tired. You can feel it by the way you work. It's the way you deal with other people. Where are your compassionate levels? Where, where are your listening skills? What is your allowance like? How receptive are you? These are huge feminine traits. And I think just to get back to it, we have to define the feminine isn't about pretty clothes and more makeup. And, and I wish that women would understand that. They are so much more than that. I think that is a hangover as well from having to attract male attention through all those thousands of years mm-hmm. of the patriarchy. You know, right. it's like, you know what I mean? I, I, and, I'm, and I'm not denigrating that. I'm saying if you want to do that, that's lovely and that's fine and, and probably we all do. But you're more than that. You're so much more than that. And so know who you are when you're making decisions. You know, like be careful who you have, you know, relationships with. I mean, relationships are easy to get into and extremely difficult to get out of. Yes, absolutely. We need to make good choices about relationships. I know you also talk in the book about fading male-female chemistry. What is at the core of that? Is it because we're, as women, more male? Talk a little bit about that. 
Okay. So the, the whole chemistry thing, the whole attraction thing, I, I deal with that quite a lot in the book because I think that it's very misunderstood, you know, and uh, if you can get a handle on that, then you can see how you could lose attraction and you can lose chemistry with a partner. So how about we do an example? So if we have, let's use a highly male-oriented woman because she's now got a, she's very busy, she's got a you know, very good position and she's very capable and competent. This woman has very little chance of connecting with somebody the same as her. It's in the book. Alpha women think, seem to think that they're going to have alpha men and they're not. So she's going to partner with somebody who is probably far more feminine oriented in a male body. They get together and then life starts to happen. They might have a child. I've seen this, this exact scenario so many times. They, they were perfect, in perfect sync before the child arrived. And then suddenly um, the women would say to me, well, I'm, I'm just not attracted to him anymore. And I'd say, oh, wow, you know, and I didn't have answers to start. And then I started to see what was actually going on. When life happens, um, the energies that live within us, the, the two sides of our nature, are always interacting and they, inter- and they respond to life. So if you, have a, if you have a child come into the couple, suddenly I find highly male-oriented male women actually start to reconnect with their feminine. And they, they start moving more to their feminine. This child brings it out in them. And suddenly, you know, the job goes out of the window. They're focused on this beautiful new baby. What happens? Usually the husband is at a loss. He doesn't know what to do now because she had carried the male energy in the, in the, in the couple. And now all her attention and has gone to the child and her feminine energy is rising and his feminine energy is still there, and the process of attraction, feminine to feminine, does not attract. But before she carried the masculine energy, it was masculine, her masculine to his feminine that caused the attraction. Her feminine has now risen, he's still in his feminine, and they've lost attraction. Wow. It is a very fragile process. So, so what I happens? Say, I was going to say, Jennifer, what happens then? What do you do? It's a big problem, Maria, because often marriages just go off the rails when a little child comes along. And I, especially if the woman's been very dominant and, and very focused on her career, what I say to the man is step up. Step that masculine energy up. All the things that she did in her masculine energy, I'm sorry, that's your job now. You have to step up to keep the balance going, to keep the balance of the attraction strong. And very often they don't, Maria. Mm-hmm. Very often they don't. And then eventually what might happen is she ends up going back to work. She goes back into her masculine energy. He's happy as anything because, you know, he's got his, the patterning that works for him back into play. But often she's not happy. Often she misses the, her feminine because she's now felt it again. And she might miss the whole process of mothering. So Jennifer, really, really interesting what you were saying about that give and take, women kind of ebbing and flowing back into their 
more male characteristics and then into their feminine characteristics and the stress that they can put on their partner with this. So as women, how can we make incremental improvements on bringing back what's really core to our femininity? What can we do? Well, you know, you're quite right, Marie. It is core to we are, and I call it our birthright. If we were born into a feminine vehicle, we have a right to feel that feminine. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. that's really what I feel. You know, we that that is our right. Um, what I suggest to people is that they really need to do daily little exercises of making a half an hour a day just to be with themselves, just to be absolutely on their own, with themselves. Be in touch with who you are. You know, maybe take a yoga class once a week. You know, maybe take up some meditation. Do anything that puts you into a being state, into a state that isn't doing. Your masculine side is your doing side. Your feminine side is your being side. So do those little things and suddenly it'll, it'll start to snowball and you'll start to enjoy that feeling and you'll reconnect. And you'll see that it's valuable and you'll get a lot of benefits and a lot of health benefits, I promise. (laughs) This is the only way I (laughs) got Well, not only health benefits. (laughs) Yeah, well, I was going to say not only health benefits, but social benefits and mental benefits and emotional benefits. I mean, I'm sure it's just, um, it's it's probably life-changing. And as you said, it just starts with maybe even a half hour to an hour every day. If you could do, if you could gift yourself a half an hour a day, you are in very good, you know, very good start to snowballing some really great feminine energy. And then you'll start to see, well, you know, I don't want to be out there pushing and shoving. I don't need to do that. I can actually be equally powerful in my being state in my femininity and I can be equally powerful and I th- that's the message I would love women to know is that they are equally powerful and they just do it in a different way and we need that difference. We need the difference in the world because we live in an over-masculinized world which actually causes wars and nastiness and whatever and we need the balance We need the ba- and we need the women because that's their birthright. Mm-hmm. So I know you said you're coming over to the States, but I know that your book is available widely. It's called Feminine Lost, Why Most Women Are Male. Tell everybody where they can find their book, and I'm sure online is probably the best place. Well, Amazon, definitely, Book Depository, all those people, but also Barnes & Noble and all major bookstores. Fabulous. Wonderful. I do encourage everyone to pick it up. And I also encourage everyone to follow follow Jennifer on Twitter. You can check her out at Jen Granger, G-R-A-N-G-E-R, Jen at Jen Granger on Twitter. Jennifer, thank you so incredibly much. I could talk to you for another few hours. I'm sorry we had such a short amount of time. You're fascinating. Thank you. <laughs> Maria, thank you so much for having me. I've enjoyed our chat very much. Oh, it's been wonderful. And I hope you enjoy the rest of your beautiful day in Australia. And thanks to my producer, George, for another great show. Join me right here next week at 3 o'clock Eastern Time for another edition of Purse Strings. Until then, make it a great one.
This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.webmasterradio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.